0: This is Carrie Gephardt, and you're listening to Five for Fruit, your five-minute fix for reformed theology and practice. What we do here is go back, 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 back. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of the same substance as the Father, through him all things were made. That is a portion of the Nicene Creed. And it's going to be important to our discussion today. Welcome back to another episode of Five for Fruit. We're in the middle of a series about what it means to be Reformed. So far, we've talked about the historical nature of being a Reformed Christian and discussed the five solas of the Protestant Reformation. But now we're on to the second thing I mentioned back in episode eight as to the distinctions of being a Reformed Christian. And then I said it means we're creedal you could also say Catholic. It means that we affirm the consensus of the five councils of the early church about what it means to be an orthodox Christian, what we must affirm about the nature of God, the nature of Christ, the nature of the Trinity, those things that we must affirm to be on the side of orthodoxy, true Christianity. Last week we talked about the Apostles' Creed and the importance of the Apostles' Creed growing from in, within the early church about what it means to affirm those, those foundational, fundamental doctrines. But today we're talking about the Nicene Creed. And the reason I chose to read that portion of the Nicene Creed that I did here at the beginning of the episode is because of the environment in which the Nicene Creed was born out of. The reason the Nicene Creed came into such importance in church history was because of a controversy called the Arian Controversy. There was a man who was in Egypt who was teaching a type of Christology that said that Christ was not of the same substance as the Father, but that Christ was the first greatest created being of the Father. Therefore, Christ was not eternal like God the Father was eternal. And this man's name was Arius. And he began to gather many followers. And they were beginning to propagate this teaching about the nature of Christ, that he was Uh, He was the first greatest created being. And therefore, because the Apostles' Creed did not contain the details necessary in order to distinguish those who were believing in the Arian doctrine of Christ and those who were believing and affirming the biblical Christology that Christ was... Of the same substance as the Father, that Christ was eternal like the Father. Second person of the Holy Trinity in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The Nicene Creed and the council that joined together to write out the Nicene Creed came about in order to, with detailed language, determine the distinctions and differences between those who were affirming Arian Christology and those who were attempting to defend biblical Christology. And that came down to the idea of, was Christ homoousios consubstantial or of the same substance as the Father, or was Christ homoousia, like the Father? That is, is one of the reasons why the council met to work out the details of the Nicene Creed. And that's why, as a Protestant church today, we still affirm and confess the Nicene Creed as important doctrines to what it means to be an Orthodox Christian. Well, this is Kerry Gephardt. Until next week, may you bear much fruit to the glory of God. Five for Fruit is a proud member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. Check out more members of the Society at reformedpodcasts.com. Subscribe, rate, and review Five for Fruit on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And visit the website fiveforfruit.com to listen to past episodes and to read articles. Until next time, this is Five for Fruit, your five-minute fix for Reformed theology and practice.